We're back. Welcome to Raise the Standard. We're getting things done by lifting Christ above every area of life. My name is Andrew, and I'm a student at Westminster Theological Seminary. And I am Bailey, still a student at Covenant Baptist Theological, still out here in Milledgeville. And like Andrew said, we are back, and we're excited about it. What do you mean still a student? You're... It's, been, it's been all this time, man. Of us yeah. not getting to talk to the folks. And and I tell you what, dude, seminary online, it'll make you feel like you've been at it longer than you should. But yeah, still in the first semester. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's been good at, at, at my school. They've been really great about just trying to... Yeah, they, they've been really great about accommodating the things. Yes. Yes, checking the boxes, crossing the I's. Yeah. Crossing the T's, dotting the I's. Yeah. Crossing I's not, too, I'm sure, at some folks. Killer. <laughs> not a not a jot or tittle will be lost. <laughs> no. No, it won't. Cool. But man, we are so pumped to dive back into this with you guys. I, I know we've missed y'all. Hopefully you've missed us as well. We uh uh my wife and I enjoyed a nice visit with Andrew and his wife up in Philly uh, a couple weeks ago. What was that? Close like to a, a month, month ago. ago now, wasn't it? Dude, that's whack. I'm sorry. Gosh, man. Everybody. Yeah. But all five of you guys are so concerned. <laughs> yeah. We enjoyed it so much. For real though, it was so much fun. Uh, yeah, it sent shockwaves. Close. Yeah, it just it really did. It, it was definitely had the uh post vacation blues coming back to central Georgia. Our weather has finally caught up. You'll be happy to know it's 32 degrees this morning. Fantastic. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's chilly here. <laughs> Speaking of the weather change, tis the season almost. Almost, man. What are we, nine weeks out now? Yeah. Nine, Not, get this, from Christmas and then Abby and I like a little around 10 till the due date. Crazy. Dude, that's Crazy. insane. Crazy. So... By 2021, should America make it that far, you guys are going to have a baby. You're going to be parents. Yes. Hey, even if it doesn't, man, we're still, he's still going to come in strong, ready to mess stuff up. Heck yeah. But That's awesome. Like Andrew's saying, as the seasons change, there's some things that do not change. So we're kind of talking about what to jump back on the horse with here in terms of content to bring you guys that is both uh, – contextual it has something to do with everyone and uh, it's fun to talk about so we were just kind of kicking the rock around of discussing tradition the ins and outs of it uh i know andrew could speak to this a little bit more but we have a an exciting road ahead of us leading up to christmas with maybe a couple of guests here and there uh maybe a repeat visitor so we've got a lot in the uh old old uh, santa sack out here for you <laughs> ready to, <laughs> ready to give out got a whole slew of reindeer they're going to be telling this thing into 2021 again. Oh, yeah. Should America make it that far? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's like, I, I, I'm glad you put a positive uh, presentation as far as like why we're talking about tradition, because I think in a lot of ways, my, the, the impetus for me wanting to talk about it is that it seems like people want to destroy traditions and stuff that's kind of a trend you know tearing down old power structures something about cancel culture yeah like and and we have the grinch up here 
who is a dude dressed up like a lady who is not only stealing Christmas, but is also telling us that our Thanksgiving has to be, uh, you know, 10 people or less. And all the who's in Whoville are like, who the heck are you, sir? Who, who the heck are you? Exactly. So for me, I, I think just talking about this stuff from a, talking about tradition as a, a, a as someone heavily influenced and appreciative of the Puritans, that makes things complicated. It's like Puritans have the stereotype of being like anti-tradition, reform people know that the only true holiday is the Lord's day. And that's true in the sense of the regular principle of worship, perhaps in a limited sense, but the reality is Genesis, uh, the fifth day of creation tells us that we're supposed to, you know, keep track of the days. And the Sabbath certainly is the, as, as the first day of the new creation, that's, that's supposed to be like the flag post in the ground. The step forward at a time that's supposed to be helping us to count our days. Yeah. But then there's also, you know, seasons throughout the rest of the year. There's just a lot of, there's a whole lot of natural world that the, that the Sabbath is actually organizing. Right. The Sunday Lord's day is organizing because it's supposed to organize our weeks Mm. as, you know, as Christians going into our jobs and not only our jobs, but also, I don't know, family life and stuff like that. So all of our lives, really. I mean, you kind of just hit the nail on the head there when it comes to, When it comes to this idea of traditions, like you're saying, Christians have a staple of tradition and gathering together every Lord's Day, like you were saying. And so looking back throughout history, it would be it would be so half hearted and really robbing ourselves and anyone who would consider that. Well, that's the only hot like that's the only tradition. Right. And not take a full look at you mentioned them. and, And I have such a respect for him and have been so influenced by him beyond the grave, the Puritans, those, that tradition, so to speak of gathering every Lord's day shaped, it formed all their life. So, Mm -hmm. so they had all these other staples of tradition from hearty feasts to, uh, to celebrations, to a proper way to mourn, to all these things. And so, like you're saying, all these traditions, they're being torn down um, by a lack of a lack of specialness, really, to, to for lack of a better word. Uh, I mean, traditions are something when I think of traditions, I think of something that's been so special over the course of time that it's been protected by both intentional action and a proper respect of something. And so as we approach the holiday season, it's easy for those things to be minimized to what day you put the tree up or uh, mm-hmm. do you go out and cut down a tree? Do you use the same one every year? Even if it's a fake one, do you use the same one and take bets on if it'll last to the next year? Or we burn f- the house down. <laughs> right. <laughs> burn, the, burn the house down. But we forget there's, there's other tradi- traditions we formed even within ourselves, whether it be how we approach every Monday to a week or how we feel when Friday is rolling around from tradition to a small scale up to those more holiday scales. 
So I'm excited. Hey. I'm excited to talk shop about tradition here. Yeah, I think that's really neat that you sort of set those things two up. You sort of coordinated those two things. So it's like we have the Lord's Day, and then we have holidays. Lord's Day on one hand, holidays on the other. So for me, I'm thinking like, okay, there's like, there's like the the sort of bare minimum. There's a thing that we're required to do, obviously, as a as an obligation, and that in and of itself, it, it is a weekly celebration. Like that's like the that's our bread and butter. It's actually our, our, our bread and wine. Uh, whoa. Sundays is, is commu- whoa. The Lord. <laughs> uh, it, it depends. <laughs> I've only had those little lunchable packets, of, uh, <laughs> the little pre-packed community for the last couple months, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so you've got, you've got the sort of, you've got the, the baseline for ordering our lives in, in the Sabbath. And so when you said that, I was like, man, that's kind of like tithes and author and offerings. You've got tithes, which is like, you know, that's the 10%. That's, that's the Lord's right off the bat. But then you have offerings, which go above and beyond all that. And for me, I, I think that's like, okay, so we have the Sabbath, which is the Lord's holiday. He plants the flag and he says, this is mine. You're to, you're to honor me on this day and, and to worship me and to rest. But then you have the feasts as well, which are over and above. And uh, you know what, when you're, when your grain goes well in the middle ages, you thank God when the stock market goes well, you thank God for it. And, you know, the, I think feasts quote unquote, as they once were, or, or traditions and holidays today as, as uh, you know, maybe individual, individualistically situated as they are, right. Are still due to the Lord. Right. And I think something you just said there in regards to the tithes and offerings makes me think of Matthew when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, talking about how they were very um, diligent in tithing their spices, their their cumin, or <laughs> right <laughs> back then, but but not their lives. And I think there's a there's a sharp line between it's a buzzword right now for folks who just want to obey their father uh, fundamentalist that's been thrown around oh. as if it's, as if it's a terrible thing, <laughs> but I, I think to put it in a nutshell before we sort of see the fork in the road here between the pros of tradition and the overarching cons of tradition is I think traditions in their own right are formed through either great care of something or terrible care of something. Either traditions are built up, as this thing that should be cherished, such as uh, the Lord's Day affecting every area of life, the Lord's Day in itself becoming a sort of holiday. I was listening to Dr. Joel Beakey uh, discuss this on parenting as Abby and I get ready for that, about how he could recall growing up, his mom would make these special special cinnamon rolls every Sunday morning, and mm. he would see his parents dancing in the kitchen. And that didn't happen on any other day. It was just for the Lord's Day. And as a kid, he can recall that now as a professor, a writer, a pastor, all those things he does. And that's because it was a tradition. It was something that was taking great care of. But we'll also see as we get in the conversation, there's a whole lot of traditions that need to be kicked to the curb that have just popped up like terrible weeds because nobody tended to the garden, such as um, not abiding and the Lord's word, not even viewing it as uh, not just true, but uh, our sustenance, right? 
So we see all these traditions, especially in Southern Baptist culture, that maybe need to be uh, kicked or canceled, should I say. So, yeah, in Colossians 2, 16, it's sort of this famous little paragraph, Paul's commenting on not getting tripped up in traditions. He says, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, capital H, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a gift that is from Christ. Uh, if with Christ you've died to the elemental spirits of the world, live like it, essentially. Mm. Um and he sort of goes on. So it's like you don't want to get tripped up in the in the particularities of of traditions. He says, uh, you know, why do you still submit to these sort of regulations as though they're actually binding? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. Paul says those are referring to the things that perish as they're used. So. I guess an example of that would be like if Joel Beakey made people at his church cook cinnamon rolls every Sunday morning, right? Because it's yeah. just a good tradition. That would just uh, just be kind of weird. <laughs> and, it, and it would be, and it's extra biblical in a sense, right? We get in trouble if we start to add something to, as opposed to seeing that. So it's it's sort of I just got the opportunity to preach this past Sunday night on sola fide, so the relationship between faith and works. I, I got to touch on that. And so it's kind of the same way in tradition, really, when you come from celebrating Christ, there, there should be a natural overflow into these things that form worship elsewhere. And it's, it's repeatable, it's sustainable, it goes on. It's seasonal, too. Um, even in the seasons of our lives, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, uh, seasons of rejoicing back in Ecclesiastes 3 and mourning, mm-hmm. as seasons change. Um, but in the same sense, we do have to be careful about putting the uh, cart before the horse, so to say, and forming these own traditions for ourselves. Um, even for an example of personal devotion, there can be these uh, daily traditions that are enjoyable, such as for me, I, I, my favorite place to do personal devotion is on our porch, especially now that the weather's so nice sitting in this rocking chair out there. But that's not something I see as necessary to have my personal devotion. Right. I'm not adding that as a, as a bonding factor. Like you were just saying, Paul was saying there, why, why put on all these extra regiments as if they are necessary to enjoying Christ and enjoying mm-hmm. God forever. And so it's definitely a fine line for us to see um, that we don't cling so tightly to the traditions as we do the one that should be forming them uh, as a sense of overflow. Totally. And I think there's there's the problem of clinging to an extra biblical tradition and holding it as law over other people that's wrong but then there's there's strategic celebration that counters tyranny <laughs> right <laughs> which is a huge gear shift change so i'm thinking of exodus 5 where moses says to pharaoh um hey under your administration, I would like to take the people of the living God 
and do a feast, festival, holiday in the wilderness. Uh, was there anything in prior revelation that required him to do that? No. But this is after he's been commissioned by God to like, you know, to lead the people of, of God out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of the, the you know, the tyrannical overreach and, uh, and, and, and such Pharaoh. So Pharaoh says, uh, who's the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord. And moreover, I will not let Israel go. And they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Uh, please let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to our Lord, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with a sword. So he is, uh, commenting on that slight correction from earlier. I mentioned that, uh, Moses didn't receive prior revelation about right. mm -hmm. taking a sacrifice in the waters. He did. I guess what I meant was, um, the, this, this wasn't part of a, uh, the normal like worship ritual sacrificial. Well, it wasn't necessarily written in the covenant, right? It wasn't yes. a, a normative, um, prescription. Yep. But it was mentioned at the end of chapter four, just before. Right. Um, so God did actually say, you know, take them into the wilderness. So still binding, but that's, that's all that I meant. He didn't, he didn't tell them how to set the table. He didn't tell them how to mm -hmm. cook the meat, assuming there was meat. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and he didn't tell, and, and here's the thing too, about that, not to, not to steal from your train of thought. I feel like a lot of, uh, Christian culture today really has built their um, laurels on a lot of things that would draw God's pestilence and are just flimsy and are more emo emotive than they are foundational. Such as when I think of biblical traditions like feasts and gathering mm -hmm. together, um, that should be happening really every Lord's day with the people of God, not just gathering together in a room, but breaking bread together. Yeah. and discussion over God. But instead we exchange that for um, really our own lunch plans. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so say that to say one reason somebody may be listening to this and, and think, well, I just don't, I don't really do any traditions. God never told me to. Um, yes and no, really. Uh, God does instruct us how to live. And I, I still would hold to a, a Christian way of living should lead to a certain sense of overflow out of enjoying Christ. And obviously there's no prescriptional way to do that except for obeying his law and, mm -hmm. and, and living abundantly living peaceably. Um, but I, I would hold that um, there are going to be certain traditions that are formed, even if the, even with the small ones, such as an approach to a week, right. And maybe something that you put in place to help yourself going into a week, submit yourself to the Lord as opposed to self pity or, or anything else, right? Um, but yeah, that, that's that's my thought when you're, you're yeah. Moses there. And especially along those lines, like it could, like traditions, any particular tradition isn't necessarily binding. Uh, it, it's, it's not like ultimately binding in terms of like prescribed by scripture, but it could be a, a fifth commandment issue where it's like honor your father and mother because down south, where is every single person 
on Thanksgiving Day. They're grandma and grandpa's house. At least right. that's how things that's how things were not so long ago. Um, so that's what reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, along those lines, Moses says, "Hey, let's we we want to gather for Thanksgiving. We would like to have more than ten people gathered." And <laughs> Pharaoh says, "Who is this God that you're referring to? I don't. I'm not sure who you're talking about." No, we need you actually to stay inside, to wear a mask, and to to get to work. And actually, he makes the slavery even more difficult for the Israelites. He takes away their straw for making bricks, which I suppose makes the bricks more difficult to make. Starting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he gets uh, the, the lockdown is even stricter in response to Moses saying, hey, let's go worship. So... I don't know. I think we all kind of know how this story ends and Pharaoh doesn't end up winning, Hmm. but I just think it's, I think it's worth pointing out that, um, you know, to worship God, particularly on the Christian Sabbath, I, it, it is increasingly oppositional to, you know, what our state would want, what our society culture would want. Right now, it's being put in terms, I guess, of the, you know, pandemic situation and, you know, wear a mask and don't sing and space yourselves out and all this other stuff. But um, if, if you're gathering, it's, it's like in some places you are liable to, you, you could get in trouble for that from the state. So it's just very interesting. I don't know um, how we're certainly not experiencing heavy, heavy persecution right now, but it seems like there's an argument that there are at least seeds for that. So, and, and tradition specifically, it bucks at that. Right. Right. And I, and I think that's really the thrust of the conversation and upcoming episodes really is in light of everything going on now. And it just is fitting that it's in the holiday season. I think it's really time for the church to sort of take stock of its traditions and its individuals to take stock of their traditions and see what are those pillars that are going to stand against those trying to tear down proper tradition, such as gathering for the Lord's day, such as enjoying being a man. Uh, it wasn't yeah. just this past week, um, a pop singer uh, to no surprise who played a war character in Dunkirk, Harry Styles was uh, highlighted as the, first solo shoot in Vogue, a women's fashion magazine, and uh, is being pushed that the height of being a man is uh, accepting femininity and tearing down this, this what is um, a tradition of manhood, of being a man. Dude, and that's so messed up. It is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. But on the, on the flip side of that, and to put in the SBC – We've had um, folks maybe not dressing up as women, um, but uh, abusing women and tearing down those traditions in their own right too, uh, of through through their power trips or spiritual abuse or alcoholism. Not as nearly widespread as uh, panicked media would have you think, um, nor as popular as a pop star dressing as a woman in a magazine, but just as destructive. So I say that to say it's time for individual Christians to sort of take stock because we talked about this a couple episodes ago and it's just ringing true more and true for me every day, uh, especially for folks our age and that 18 to 25 year old gap is that the things we're doing 
right now are really setting the foundation for the traditions of our lives from work ethic to attitude and work to what your family's going to be like. That's not things that are shaped in the moment. Those are things that are shaped in this window. So it's really time for us to start looking around at traditions that we may be complicit in, such as a tradition of cowardice in the modern day church and repent of that. Um, and, and maybe start getting some blisters on our hands uh, and working. Like I was telling you uh, before the call, I, I would really like to start getting into bow hunting, something yeah. I've never done, something that is obviously appealing to me out here in central Georgia. But a big reason for that is I know I've got a son on the way and I would really like to put things in place now that are going to teach him life lessons 10, yeah. 20 years down the line. Um, and that's important for everybody to sort of take the time to think about and look around and see what traditions their hands are either dirty or clean in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like, we, you could sort of pedantically ask, okay, well, like, how do you know which ones are binding? How do you know which ones are not? And I think that's certainly an important thing for everyone to work through. Mm. But in looking at that particular forest, don't miss that one tree that you're talking about, which is like, what are my priorities and what's that? What, what is this actually going to accomplish strategically and generationally for, for my family? Right. That's huge. It's, it's so huge. It's so huge. And the question I think, this just made me think of a question Abby and I would ask ourselves and each other while we were dating in terms of how do you know what's the gauge of maybe not so much what's binding and not binding per the law of just what's beneficial and what's not beneficial. The The question to ask about something, uh, tradition of practice, isn't does this make me happy, right? It's mm -hmm. does it make me holy? Does it make me closer to God? Does it yeah. make me more aware of Christ? And, and usually there is a, a good gauge within the Holy Spirit to help us realize that the tradition of uh, porn addiction probably isn't that great for building a family. <laughs> uh, whereas the tradition of if your wife cooks you dinner, you do the dishes after. That's probably going to be a good tradition to love her well and make sure she knows she's appreciated and that you appreciate her cooking, right? There's just traditions that we can put in place that we should know if we ask that simple question, like you're saying that main tree of holiness, obedience to Christ. It, it, it's there. We just got to open our eyes a little bit. Yeah. It's tough to talk about traditions because, uh, Everyone's got them and everyone's got opinions on them. It's not as highly jolly, I think, as a lot of folks would like to assume. But And, and there are some, and we'll cover those. Um, but there, I think there's just as many, sadly, if not more today, that are uh, a whole lot more hidden than I think we would like to realize and um, need that weed killer ASAP. Yeah, I think it's, uh, that's, that's a good insight. Um, yeah, it's it's just like, yeah, I think that's great. I was I was gonna I was gonna take it in a different different direction, but I think you landed us in the perfect spot. 
We pinned it. So Holy, holiness, holiness. I hope, I hope more than anything, this is certainly piqued you guys' interest. We're just excited to be back with you guys again and and rolling with this topic here, um, going in the holiday season and really just all of life. Uh, obviously, you should see this is a topic that applies not just to what you do on Thanksgiving Day, uh, who's around you Christmas morning, uh, but really what you do uh, every single moment. So, prayerfully, this has been beneficial and uh, will continue to be so. Um, any any closing thoughts, Andrew? No closing thoughts. Besides, I can't wait for Thanksgiving. It's going to be awesome. Me neither. I can tell you there's going to be more than 10 people around my table. I'll tell you that right now. Allegedly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> for tax purposes. <laughs> It's a what? What is it? I saw a meme. It's it's not a it's not a Thanksgiving feast. We're uh, mourning the loss of our family turkey. It's a turkey funeral. Like that. <laughs> turkey funeral. <laughs> yeah. So it's a great. peaceful protest. <laughs> oh man, but it might be. Hey, wherever we can, we should living peaceably after all. But again, we're so excited to be back with you guys. It's it's truly a blessing. We're back. We back, and uh, better than ever. So let us send you out with this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thanks for listening, guys. Let's get to work.